Say hello to a new friend on an old road. Take a two-lane trip of memories into mysteries unknown. Come along for the ride. Jim Hinckley's America. Jim Hinckley's America. Hey, good morning, everyone. A little bit of inspirational music there from Joe and Woody and the boys of the road crew. Roadcrew66.com. Today, we are going to step back in time and talk a little bit about uh, Arizona history. Uh, I think you're going to find this interesting. You know, when we see all these great Westerns, uh, cinematic classics from open range, John Wayne films, High Noon, you wonder where they come up with all these names for these towns. Like, uh, oh, that, uh, you know, Bad Day at Black Rock and these kind of things. Well, today we're going to step back and we're going to talk about some of these great places. And they're real. Uh, and they've got some great histories, great stories. Let's start with Total Wreck, Arizona. Now, how in the heck is that? Is that a great name or what? And you can't tell me, you know, you'd have to be void of imagination to not hear that and wonder, well, how in God's name did that come up? Well, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We'll start with uh, Total Wreck. Uh, Total Wreck is uh, from around 1892. It's an early day mine about nine miles south of, uh, let's see, I'm not sure. It'd be south of Patano. It's, uh, the, the mine received its name when John T. Dillon, who discovered it, according to Ed Vale, says, came to my brother Walter in 1881 to get him to make out his recording papers. Walter asked him for a name. Dylan said, well, the mineral formation is almost a total wreck, alluding to the mixed formation. Well, and that's its name. Post office was actually established there at the little mining camp, August 12th, 1881. So can you imagine that, getting a letter from someplace called Total Wreck? A little postcard. Dear Mom and Dad, doing fine. I've moved to Total Wreck. Wow. How about Vulture City? Uh, this one is uh, kind of an interesting little ghost town near Wikiup. And you can still visit it. It's preserved in a somewhat uh, arrested state of decay. And uh, it's down near uh, Wickenburg, Arizona. Let me find my notes here. It was uh, had to do with Harvey Wickenburg. Let me tell you a little bit about Wickenburg. Uh, Wickenburg is on the Hacienda Creek in northwest Maricopa County. After Henry Wickenburg was an, he was an Australian uh, Austrian immigrant, he discovered the Vulture Mine uh, about 1863. It's about 15 miles southwest of present day. Uh, Wickenburg, Arizona. 
Uh, he came to Arizona as a member of the Weaver Party, Pauline Weaver, really colorful fella. The town is said to have been named by Governor Goodwin, according to McClintock. Governor Goodwin was the first uh, real territorial governor and uh, real interesting fellow himself. And uh, Wickenburg, the governor said that uh, Wickenburg's death, he committed suicide in May 1905, was by his own hand, by a bullet through his head in his little adobe house on the Haciampa, a short distance below the town he uh, used to own. Wickenburg was named by James Moore, a friend of Wickenburg who lived with him in 1864. And now let me uh, get to Vulture City here. Vulture City has uh, quite a quite a colorful history, and like I say, it is a uh, mining town that you can visit. It is preserved down near uh, Wickenburg, Maricopa County. Uh, Vulture City, the name was, the town grew up around the Vulture Mine. Pimas had lived here for centuries, the Pima Indians, and they called the place Pumpkin Patch because there was wild gourds, pumpkins, which grew like pumpkins all over the flats in the wet season in which they ate. And the Vulture Mine was just west of where the town grew up, near uh, Morristown. And uh, Henry Wickenburg, it was his property. He discovered the rich vein of gold there while prospecting. And he saw buzzards hover, hovering over the peak. And uh, so as a result, he called it the Vulture Mine. And of course, then we come up with Vulture City. How about Disappointment Creek? Now, doesn't that sound like a cheery place for a holiday? Let me get you going here on Disappointment Creek. It's another great one. I've, I've really, uh, I really enjoy the story of Disappointment Creek. Of course, now it runs through. Disappointment Valley. It's uh, down by Dripping Springs on the east side of the Gila River above the Christmas Pass. It was uh, called Dripping Springs Wash on most early maps. Old settlers say that Disappointment antedates named Dripping Springs. No one can give its origins, however, but it appears on maps as early as 1873 opens into the Gila River near Christmas, and uh, apparently some folks had been sold a bill of goods and uh, were told this would be a great area for farming. They bought the property sight unseen, and much to their surprise, it wasn't a great deal of paradise in Disappointment Valley along Disappointment Creek. Uh, another one that I really found interesting in my uh, research for different places here in Arizona was uh, Peach Springs, Arizona, which is along Route 66, has a really interesting and colorful history. It was a uh, station on the, uh, originally, the uh, Atlantic Railroad and then Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe Railroad. It's now the headquarters for the Wallapai Reservation. And uh, the springs themselves are about six, seven miles north of town. And it was named by early explorers because peach trees were found growing at the springs. 
What makes this interesting is peach trees are not native to that area. Spanish tradition says that at one time Jesuit missionaries from San Bernardino, California, had a silver mine in that neighborhood, and the missionaries planted the fruit trees. Well, no historical evidence, but there are silver mines in the area, mostly a bit to the west down around Hackberry. Uh, Peach Springs, Father Garces, when, in 1776, did pass through here, and uh, in his journal, he camped at uh, what is now Peach Springs, June 15, 1776. And he wrote, June 15th, I set up the Aurora northeast and north of the springs, and we followed the Aurora and came upon some wells, which I named Pozos de San Basil. Peach Springs is so-called from the fact that trees of that name are planted here. Uh, Pioneer started writing about this, 1881. On the, in a book called Trail of a Pioneer by a Dr. Causes. But uh, Sitgreaves, Lieutenant Sitgreaves, when he came through in 1851, he noted that there were peach trees at the springs. The Navajo and Hopi Indians had great numbers of peach trees, which they undoubtedly secured originally from the Spanish along the Rio Grande in New Mexico. Kit Carson, for instance, in his official report of his campaign against the Navajos in western New Mexico and eastern Arizona in 1862 and 1863, he spoke of having destroyed thousands of peach trees owned by the Navajos. Uh, Elder Brigham Duffin, a missionary for the Mormon Church, came to Moenkopi in April 1878, and then he traveled through the area stopping at Peach Springs and he noted groves of peach trees bearing a heavy crop of fruit. And he estimated the trees to be decades old at the time. Uh, chances are, it's really kind of confusing. A lot of people credit Mormon missionaries for planting trees in this area, but obviously from earlier reports, the trees run uh, much, uh, much older than that. In 1852, there was a report they camped at the springs while exploring the region, and uh, a little girl who later became Mrs. Thomas Logan planted uh, peach pits near the springs. And uh, however you slice it, Peach Springs has a very interesting history. We also have uh, one of the last hangings in uh, Courthouse Square in uh, Prescott, Arizona, has its origins in a a situation at uh, Peach Springs. A uh, cattle rancher, itinerant cowboy, kind of a hard drinker, felt the railroad owed him some money for a couple of his cows that were hit on the tracks at the Peach Springs station. And when he wasn't satisfied with a settlement, he held up the train. Well, he got arrested, taken to uh, Yavapai County Courthouse and Jail in Prescott, Arizona, and then uh, proceeded to try to escape from prison and shot and killed a deputy there and was later hung on the courthouse square. And uh, for Pete, for Route 66 fans, you have the Osterman Station. is a direct throwback to Route 66 history. And that's another story for another day, but the station dates to the late 1920s. And the Wallapai Forestry Office is another link. 
It dates to the 1920s, was opened as a trading post there on the Peach Springs Reservation along the National Old Trails Road. Hey, guys, you know, I want to thank you for joining me this morning. Uh, our podcast will now be every week, uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings, 6.30 Mountain Standard Time. For followers of Jim Hinckley's America, you probably already know this, but for reasons unknown, I have been locked out of Facebook, and I can only get posts up via Instagram, which is odd because I understand that uh, Instagram is owned by Facebook. All quite odd and strange, but uh, I'm getting blog posts up on Jim Hinckley's America, and we will keep the podcast going. Uh, I'll leave you with one more, and this is a great ghost town to explore. It's down in Santa Cruz County, and uh, it's relatively easy access, a remote area. They did have a caretaker there my last time around, kind of preserving, keeping down on uh, uh, vandalism. It's a ghost town of Ruby down in Santa Cruz County along the Mexican border. Uh, post office was first located at the Montana mine operated by the Eagle Pitcher uh, Mining Company. What's interesting about this is the Eagle Pitcher Mining Company was also operating uh, mines at Galena, Kansas, along Route 66 in later years. The post office is named after Ruby Andrews, who lived at the camp. And uh, there was a series of really bad murders there, and one of them was the uh, Ruby Andrews was killed by some Mexican marauders. All great stories that we'll be sharing in the future. Uh, if you'd like to be a guest on Wake Up With Jim, give me a holler. Do we have any questions this morning? Anything I can answer for you? Well, I want to thank everybody then who joined us. I hope you enjoyed the program this morning. And uh, we'll do this again Wednesday morning. Uh Hopefully things will go a little better. We have been plagued with all kinds of technical difficulties. I'll be following up with Kim Rodemeyer, Cuba, Missouri Tourism. Uh, this morning, we were supposed to do a program last week. Their internet service was down, and we tried again, and then she was having technical difficulties. But we'll see if we can get her on the program, and then we have some other, other great uh, things coming up real soon. Guys, uh, it's an embryonic effort. I appreciate it, but we are moving things forward. We've got a lot of exciting things coming up. And uh, the coffee with Jim. Hey, my pleasure. <laughs> we, uh, I've got a lot of great things in the works. We did Coffee with Jim yesterday with Walt Craig. I couldn't get that up on Facebook Live, but we did get it up on our Vimeo channel and on our YouTube channel. It basically was an episode of, of Codgers and Coffee. We got to talking about uh, Walt's trip from New Jersey to Phoenix, Arizona on Route 66 in uh, 1966. We got to talking about uh, social media uh well, we just basically it was a uh, Amish social media, if you will. We got together and talked about just about everything over coffee and some good food down at Calico's restaurant. My friends, till we meet again, 
Vajakadijos ar jūs. Say hello to a new friend on an old road. Take a two-lane trip of memories into mysteries unknown. Come along for the ride. Jim Hinckley's America. Jim Hinckley's America. care my friends if you're driving out and about uh looks like we got high wind warnings here for western arizona the next couple days and the possibility of snow at the lower elevations on uh, wednesday which means that it will be a lot of snow in the higher country